the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Don't have time to go on SoCal Live today? Leave Scott a voicemail at 213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Southern California Live. We're still here after uh, whatever whatever rainstorms and mudslides or lack of it, depending on where you are in the Southland. We're all here. Good to be here with you. I'm Scott Froh, your host. This is Southern California Live with you every day from 3 to 5. And we talk about the issues of the day, and we look at them through a Christian lens, through a biblical lens. Hope that you had, did have a good weekend. It always seems like after there's a holiday weekend that the next weekend is just too short, which I guess it is. It is too short. Anyway, it's good to be with you. You can join our conversation, 888-528-2557 is the phone number. And, uh, you know, I joke when the weather gets crazy in California that it causes Californians to suddenly look to God, to wonder if we're being punished somehow. God, what did we do? What is this falling from the sky? What is this humidity that is causing my sinuses to rage? What have we done? Here's a serious question, though. Do you ask God those kinds of things about things in your life? Britney Spears who has a number one hit right now after all these years, after like 15 years or something. I don't know how long I haven't really followed her career. I kind of followed what was going on with that conservatorship where her dad was sort of uh, in charge of all the aspects of her life and all of that and uh, her getting out of that. It was I'm curious about it. But she announced on social media last week that she no longer believes in God. She said, I'm an atheist, y'all. And she gave some reasons, and I'll get to that, uh, what her reasons are in just a moment. And it struck me because I've heard those reasons before from quite a few people. I'm not too sure that those reasons mean you don't believe in God. Does that make sense? I think my son and I actually had this conversation. He's 13 and, and sort of challenging the idea of who believes in God and who doesn't from the standpoint of, of atheism. My in fact, there was a survey a few years ago, and it was in San Diego. It was the San Diego Atheist Society, or whatever they call it, uh, a group of people who come together to talk about not believing in anything. And uh, I know that there's you know some more to it, but uh, you know at the end of the day, it's dust in the wind if there's no God. The survey of the San Diego Atheists was that 12% believed in God. So 12% of the San Diego atheists believe in God. And that's kind of survey nationally is one of the things that happens with surveys when people kind of look at it. And I always find that interesting. In fact, the uh, the head of that organization in San Diego, he was furious about it. He says, really, there's only one qualification of being an atheist, and it's that you don't believe in God. But I think sometimes people say that they're atheists and they're not really atheists, but what they are is they're upset at God, which in a way is – you believe in God. That's why you're you're angry. I always think personally that some of these people who spend an awful lot of money suing a city because of a religious display, that they claim maybe to be atheists, but I often think they're not. I think that deep down personally, they've got some wounds that something didn't work out the way that they expected. They had some expectations about God that weren't real, but they were real to them, but not real to the living God. And they're angry. Because I feel like if you're truly an atheist, then 
you know, I don't know, spirituality, it has its place and it may be just as sort of silly to you, uh, but you don't worry about it. You certainly don't spend millions of dollars to uh, try to take down a cross from a hill or things like that. That seems like something very you do when you're very passionate. And I don't think you get passionate over something that you don't think exists. That's another discussion. What I'm getting at here really is is this. Have you or somebody that you know rejected God because of circumstances in your life? I'll tell you what Brittany has to say in just a minute, as Brittany Spears is apparently rejecting God. And you know, the circumstances in her life are are pretty rough. I get that. You know, I mean, she's got some wealth and she's got fame, but she's got a lot of hurt. And, you know, what we, we see so often is that the things that we so often pursue because we think we're going to find meaning in those things, which often is wealth or it's some kind of social status. That's what's happening with a lot of the kids now on uh, the social media is they want to be influencers and they get some kind of great social status, they would think, because of that, that it matters. And you really, it doesn't. It really doesn't. But somehow we've become a society. And I think it's because when we reject God or we reject who God really is, when we reject the ultimate sovereignty of God, that God's in control, that what I have is his, that he's got a plan, that plan is going to come to fruition in the return of Jesus Christ, and his will is that all people would be saved. His call for the church is to make disciples of Jesus. Jesus came, died for our sins, that all of history revolves around that date, just like your calendar points to uh, his birth. When you have that worldview, it helps you get through some things. But if your worldview is that God is here to make my life better temporally, there's not really a promise of that, at least in the sense of of finding meaning outside of Christ. There's no promise of that in, in finding the meaning of life in something that you have or something you're able to accomplish. None of us know what's going to happen tomorrow. Anyway, when somebody says, you know what, I don't believe in God anymore, um, and the reason that I think it matters, this whole Britney Spears thing, is because she is an influencer. 42 million people on her Instagram. Uh, she turned it off, apparently, a little while ago, but 42 million people. That's almost, Wilbert, wouldn't you say, Wilbert, our uh, producer, wouldn't you say that's the number of people we have in our audience here, 42 million? Yeah, some, at least that many. Yeah, you know, at least, you know, <laughs> that many. Somebody always writes me and says, I don't think you have 42 million people. We have a few. We got quite a few. And I'm wondering, how how are we doing? I think that a lot of people who listen to Christian radio are people who are struggling with with God. See, there's a, there's a problem with God. The Bible addresses the problem with God. There's not a problem with God. There's a problem with God. There's a problem in the way we, we often view God. There is a problem with why doesn't God do you know, everything to wipe out evil and sin and the consequences of such right now. Right? People ask that question. Why did you allow this to happen in my life? That's one of the questions that Brittany is asking. Well, she is telling 42 million plus people that she no longer believes in God. And you might be thinking, well, she's telling 42 million, you know, Gen X and millennials, but she's got a number one hit with Elton John on the radio right now. And uh, do they still do it on the radio? It's on the radio, but the downloads, I think, is number one. And uh, so she has a whole new group of fans, millions of new people who are just figuring out who she is. So it's relevant. She's got great influence in the world. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. You can join our conversation by calling 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can also send me an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. If you can't get to your phone, 
and you want to join this conversation. Influence matters. And so when we hear things like that, I think we need to, to pay attention to it. All right. So she says she no longer believes in God. In an audio recording that she shared online, she had a lot of things to say about the situation in her family. And it's very public and it's a lot of hurt. And you can, you can hear uh, that hurt. And there's hurt going both ways. She was responding to other family members saying why they're hurt. And there's a whole lot of things there. But here's what she ultimately said uh, about her view of God. And she had just built up to all these things that just don't seem to be right, going right for her. Honestly, my dad needs to be in jail for the rest of his life. But like I said, God would not allow that to happen to me if a God existed. I don't believe in God anymore because of the way my children and my family have treated me. There is nothing to believe anymore. I'm an atheist, y'all. So you hear her, her reason here for uh, uh, being an atheist. She says that God would not have let this happen to me if there is a real God. And I don't know. I mean, maybe when you hear that and it's somebody like her, you say, well, that just seems kind of arrogant and, and whatever. But I think that a lot of people think that way, and we don't know their names, and they're not making songs with Elton John and putting them online. I think that that's something that's out there. Have you felt this way? And, and she's saying this to a lot of young people people who right now are looking for a reason to believe in God. Why do we get there? And, you know, the thing is, is that it has nothing to do with whether God exists or not, right? This is a feeling thing. Sometimes, you know, and I would say this is is probably true, and maybe you've experienced this. A lot of the reason people say they don't believe in God is not because they don't actually believe there's a supreme being out there, but it's because they have been hurt in such a way. Sometimes they've just been hurt by life events, I don't know that Britney Spears believed in God in the first place. When you look at uh, things going on in her life and other stuff, she certainly uh, doesn't appear to be following Jesus. I get that. Um, but in the back of her mind, she grew up in church. She's heard the gospel. She has a Baptist, I think, church background. And she, at some point, was seduced by the, the life of fame or, or maybe never believed in the first place. We don't know all of that. But have you or somebody you know given up on God? Maybe because of how you were treated. Maybe you were treated badly at church. Uh, that happens. Or maybe perceived that you were treated badly at church. That happens too. I'll tell you what, as a, as a pastor and somebody who's been in church for a long time, it's always something that is hard to understand sometimes when people leave your church you know, for some kind of reason other than that they moved away. That's always frustrating and people move away. And if you're in you know, Southern California, people are moving away all the time from whatever church you go to uh, because they're moving to Florida or wherever except that right now, hopefully you're getting a feel of why you don't want to move to Florida. If you're thinking of moving to Florida, walk outside in this heat and humidity and imagine a whole bunch of bugs around you. Imagine having to put mosquito nets around your house, around your head. Uh, that's that's Florida. Nice place to visit, um, but keep that in mind. Uh, but you know, for some people, that's good enough. You can afford the house. The government, uh, some people would say, is a lot better. Um, there's a lot of reasons people are leaving. That always hurts. It doesn't feel good, you know, when people leave. But sometimes people leave because their feelings are hurt about something. And sometimes, you know, as the and speaking as somebody who was a pastor for 25 years, you don't always know. You know they don't always tell you. And sometimes they tell you and it's not the reason. Now, sometimes they tell other people and that gets back around to you. And then you have to figure out what to do with it. You know, is it something that is legitimate or not. Sometimes it's not. And I'll just tell you, sometimes people leave because of 
uh, a issue of repentance. They don't want to repent. They don't want to turn to Jesus. And they don't want to tell people they don't want to turn to Jesus. So they come up with some other reason. Um, my favorite one one time was somebody said that he was up, he was leaving the church because his birthday was not put down in the church newsletter. I think this is my favorite one. I've probably shared it before. And, you know, I had people come to my office going, you know, Pastor, we really need to make sure that we're acknowledging people and putting their birthday in the thing because so-and-so is leaving the church. And I'm like, do you really think that's the reason that this person's leaving? The real reason, I knew in this case what the real reason was. The real reason that this person was leaving was because me and his son went over and confronted him about an extramarital affair he was having where he was paying for some gal to be in another apartment and he was spending half of his time there and, and only part of his time with his wife. We felt that that's not something that a Christian ought to be doing, and we confronted him. He didn't like that, and he left. Uh, but you usually don't tell everybody that when you're leaving. Instead, he came. He had. A, you don't have to come up with any reason, I guess. But that's what he told people, and uh, you know that's out there. I know somebody who I'm pretty sure gen, he told people that he left the church because they didn't serve whole donuts; that they cut them into four pieces instead of, and he couldn't get a whole one. And I remember having this serious conversation with him about it. And I finally said, why don't you just take the four pieces and put them together? Then it's just like a whole donut. Nope, I want a whole donut. And I think that is the reason why he left, actually. You never know. And it still hurts. You know, with the one guy who doesn't repent, it hurts. And he was a friend, you know, and it's just frustrating. And then the donut guy, if that's the reason, um, it never feels good. I've had people show up and you know they're going to leave right away. You know, they come and they say, oh, pastor, I found the perfect church. Well, it's going to be six months before they find out it's not the perfect church. And uh, some of those people just leave because they keep looking for the perfect church. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's the reason you're not in church. Are you looking for the perfect church? But sometimes the reason people don't stick around and they stop going to church is because church people sometimes aren't very nice. And usually it's not the music or the service or anything related to the program it's often, you know what, I had these things going on, and, and this was how I was treated. This happens once in a while. Now, the thing is, is that we all have to know is that the church is full of sinners, okay? The church is full of people who have uh, stuff going on, and we are supposed to have the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those is kindness, but it's something that everybody hopefully is working on, and most people are. Most people at your church, if they don't seem very friendly, the Holy Spirit is working with them because they know the Lord, they are trying. Uh, There are some people there who aren't, Um, and hopefully you didn't have to sit by those people, but that happens. There are lots of reasons why people leave the faith, and today it's become something that I think is a lot more public. So you have your Britney Spears who can put it out there online, and she says, you know what, if there was a God, then this would not have happened in my life. And, you know, she might have just been spouting off at the moment. Maybe she doesn't really believe that. You know, I think you have to give people room also to express themselves. The trouble is, is when you express yourself and your frustrations to 42 million people plus, um, you have influence. What are some of the re- things that the church can do to, to reach out better to people? Do you have thoughts about this? And I don't mean through the programs. I don't mean having better donuts or having better coffee. Those things, they matter, but they, I think it's personal. And I think that what happens is, is that people who are coming to church, who are looking for Christ, maybe they think they know Christ. Maybe they, they, you know, in her case, if this is what she thinks God is like, well, she doesn't know God. Uh, There's no promise that everything is going to go well for you. And especially there's no promise if you, if you aren't living your life for Christ. 
I promise you that your life, whatever the circumstances come, you'll go through them better if you are seeking to obey Christ, if you are penitent, if you are looking for the wisdom that God gives. You really will. This is Southern California Live. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. The church is full of imperfect people, full of sinners and people who are working at different kinds of things. We have to know that. But still, even when you're working on it, sometimes people have a promise with a problem with God. And that's kind of, I think, where, where Brittany is, or people who are even thinking in the same way. And maybe you're in that situation right now. See, the problem with God is this. This is the, the philosophical problem with God. If God is sovereign, then no matter how you slice it with whatever's happening in your life, God's involved, right? If God is God, if he is the God we believe in, that no matter how you look at life, God's involved somehow. So, you know, it's called a theodicy, right? It's the idea that if either God is powerful enough to do something to stop some kind of evil from happening in your life and he doesn't, and then you have to ask why, or God is not powerful enough to do anything about it, which causes another problem with God, right? If God's not powerful enough, well, then you should have a lot of questions. See, that's, that's the, the question that sometimes people have to deal with. But what does the Bible actually tell us about life? It tells us that there is a time for everything. Book of Ecclesiastes, it's all about this question. If you have, somewhere I have a commentary, I think, in my library that's called The Problem with God, and it's basically going through the book of Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is one of those books, you can't just read the first couple chapters. You've got to read the whole thing. Don't stop after chapter you know, three. You'll be very depressed because it opens up, it opens us all up to these things. You've got to go all the way. You got to get into it. Chapter three says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. You've probably heard this. You heard that in a song, right? See, the thing is, is that everybody does both. Everybody gets born and everybody dies. Uh, Everybody plants and everybody uproots. Now here in uh, Southern California, I think that, uh, you know, not as in, you know, in L.A., some of us haven't touched actual dirt in a long time, you know, so maybe you're thinking of planting something else. But uh, I read a study that way that a lot of people in the cities haven't touched dirt like in more than a year. I recommend it. Go out and get a potted uh, plant, grow some tomatoes or do something like that. I think that would be a good thing. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557. Uh, David in Los Angeles, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you? I'm good, David. How are you? Uh, thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Yeah, I just want to make a little comment about um, Witness Pierce. Yeah. I mean, uh, she, I don't know if she's ignorant or, you know, or she's a moron. How, you know, if the, our Lord, that he never committed any sin, he was perfect, and he paid the ultimate price. What makes her think that she, she she's exempt of suffering? Well, I think that she doesn't, yeah, she obviously doesn't understand. See, and, and, you know, we don't, she's not sitting here, and she's not really the the issue. This is just a very public story, and because Mm -hmm. she influences people where she says, hey, these things, God wouldn't do this if there was a God, so there must not be a God. I don't know that she really even believes that, but I think that a lot of, I think that a lot of people do believe that. I think that that's how a lot of us feel. Maybe, Maybe a lot of us listening, we feel like because things didn't go well in my life, that there is no God. But that's what, thing, that's what I, don't, I don't understand. 
you know, God, our Lord, he paid the ultimate price and he was perfect. He didn't commit no sin. What makes them think or, or make what, what? why do we think that we don't have to suffer here in this world? You know what I mean? Yeah, well, I think it's... I think it's wrong teaching. Do you think that maybe the church needs to do better, church in general, at teaching people about suffering, about the situation yeah, that we're in? I think so, yeah, because, you know, we're here. That doesn't mean, you know, we're, if we're Christians and everything. That doesn't mean that we're not going to suffer or we're not going to go through some trouble in this world. Mm. And I think this, is, I think this is part of life. That's what makes us, uh, gives us, uh, what you call it, a better, better presence when we suffer, when God sends us a little bit of a, uh, trouble, that makes us uh, get wiser. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that is the uh, the biblical view. Thank you, David. I appreciate your call there. And, you know, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm getting at. I feel like as believers, we ought to be mature enough to have this conversation, to talk about the reality of the world we live in, the fallen world where there is sin and where we're going to experience hardship and suffering. Jesus tells us that. There's nothing biblical about the idea that says everything's just going to go good for you. I think you can make a good biblical argument that if you're actually following Jesus and you are obeying his commands, what I have seen and what I believe to be biblical is that your life will overall go better. Um, Or when these hard times come through, you will go through them in a better way. And I'm wondering if the church doesn't teach this, because when I heard Brittany's words about if there was a God, then this would have never happened to me, so there must not be a God. I'm an atheist. I heard what an awful lot of young people say today. I've heard what I've heard as a pastor, what I've heard as a radio personality, what I've heard from people all the time, is that sometimes there is the sense that God owes me something. And I think that some of that has been taught. Does that make sense? That some of it has been discipled by the church over time. I got to take a break, then I'll get back to your calls. The number is 888-528-2557. What do you think about this? Um, what are some ways that maybe people walk away from God because of hurt feelings? What do we say to to those people in our life who maybe you invite them to church or you invite them to, you want to talk to them about Jesus and you find out they don't want anything to do with it? And I don't believe in any of that, they might say. Or maybe you're in that situation. Let's have that conversation when we return. I'll take your calls. The number is 888-528-2557, You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, and I'll be back with your calls as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. This is SoCal Live with Scott Furrow on 99.5 KKLA. Join the conversation now by texting Scott in the SoCal Live studio at 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. Southern California Live. Scott Furrow, good to be with you. We're taking your calls. 888-528-2557 is the number. Brittany Spears announced uh, recently online to her 42 million plus followers, plus everybody else who was adding to that, that she no longer believes in God. The reason she said she doesn't believe in God is because God wouldn't allow these things to happen, some of these bad things that have gone on in her family. And as we're talking about this, it's it's my thought is that she represents the thinking of a lot of people, actually. I don't know where she really is, right? It's it's sometimes we say stuff because we're we're frustrated or we're hurt or we're angry, and, you know, we really don't mean it, right? It's, it's, I don't know where she really is with God. We need to pray for her personally. But I do think that her comments are both influential to a lot of people, especially young people 
who are looking for what's true about God. And I think that a lot of us sometimes struggle with God because things don't go the way we think they ought to in our life. What do you think about this? 888-528-2557. 888-528-2557. Twyla in San Diego. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, thank you for taking my call, Scott. Yeah. I think this is a very important issue um, in the church mm. because a lot of us who come from an abusive background, who have childhood trauma, go to the church seeking fellowship and family. And I don't think that there's enough being done in the churches to address those issues, to address, you know, the traumas that we come with. And like you said, you know, everybody is they just they can. But when you have people who come out of these type of environments into the church looking for something that God is offering, which is the love and the companionship and the fellowship, and we don't find it, it can be devastating. Mm. It can be devastating. I, I uh, have been a baptized believer since 2006, and I was a part of a very, um, one of the mega churches here in San Diego, and the church was so clicky. It was so club-like, and even being on the ministry and going to the small groups, I just didn't find the companionship that I was hoping to find in the church, and so I think, I mean, I can, in that way, I understand where Brittany is at. She doesn't understand that it's not God, but she's saying what he is offering and representing can't be found here. And that's the responsibility of the church. Do you feel like we have, uh, and I think the reason we're talking about this is I agree. I think this is what she said is represents what a lot of people have said. And you, you mentioned that a lot of people are coming to church very hurt already with abuse or things that they've dealt with. And maybe there's, you know, sure, there's an expectation that may not be, you know, real, but, you know, we have this message of love and care and and grace that we teach. And how would you say we can show it better? I think we could start with, with some internal training on how to be sensitive to people who would be coming in with, with these types of wounds, you know, mm. uh, how to be more compassionate. Uh, especially in leadership, especially in leadership, maybe no, not so much with the members. And just to hear it come across the pulpit, that we see you, that we understand that our eyes are fixed on you, our ears are open to hear you, would be something. And that's something I never experienced in church. Hmm. Yeah, I think that there does need to be more more teaching on it, and and even to teach hey, you know, everybody here is a bunch of sinners. So, you know, we also want to say, not as an excuse, it shouldn't be an excuse, right? There's no excuse for treating somebody poorly. But there are some reasons this happens sometimes. You you might be coming and you're hurt and abused, and you might have sat by somebody else who's also hurt and abused, and uh, the person wasn't kind to you. Uh, I think it comes from, there's definitely a leadership uh, thing here for us. Thank you, Twyla, for your call. 888-528-2557 is the number. Sam and La Puente, welcome to Southern California Live. Hey, turn your radio down, Sam. Hi, Sam, you with us? Yes, I'm here. Go ahead. Okay. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good, Sam. Good, good. Yeah, so um, I just wanted to um, comment on... 
think it's a very important uh, discussion, and one of the things that that I believe that that we should uh, consider and really understand is uh, perspectives of suffering. You know, um, we have, uh, for example, um, you know, a parent that needs to take that child to to the doctor and knows that through some type of suffering, but out of love, you know, allows the child to go through suffering. And, you know, we have Jesus as an example. He went through some very, you know, suffering. And the Bible talks about, about that, that we learn, we learn obedience through suffering. He said that Jesus, the Son of God, went through, you know, out of obedience, he learned, um, um, uh, he learned obedience through suffering. So, so, so suffering, doesn't does not necessarily mean you know that it's bad, right? And then we also have the negative side of of suffering, uh, but that doesn't. I think that that um, thesis is wrong to say that because there's suffering in my life, therefore there is no God. Yeah. I think that's that, that's really important. I also. think I think a lot of people think this though. So uh, I appreciate your call very 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 much. You're right. We need to teach that there's suffering and that that's going to happen. Uh, Elizabeth in Whittier, welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you for taking my call. Yeah. Um, you mentioned you mentioned something um, at the beginning which really caught my ear. You said something about that maybe a lot of this uh, generation has maybe the sense of entitlement in terms of that God owes us something. But um, that I don't think that's the issue here with Brittany. Mm. Um, I think with her, I think it's the idea that um, the Bible says, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I see a young woman who's been deeply, deeply wounded, who's been sinned against. Now, we're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But I think what she's looking for is, um, in terms of her comment about, you know, denouncing God, um, is, is, is stems from hurt, um, deep, deep hurt. Yeah. Um, and, here's, and the idea that love protects, so when she makes a statement like, where, where was God? Where, where were you when all these bad things were happening to me? I think it's her cry out saying, because when you think of a Heavenly Father and Abba Father, He's our Heavenly Father, Brittany needs to understand that God does protect. But then there's also, you know, people who sin against us. We sin, people sin against us. Mm-hmm. And then the idea that there's spiritual warfare. Um, so I think all of that culminated together. Um, is the reason why, you know, she's crying out. I see a lot of this with women. I used to work with um, young girls in the church. I'm an educator, and um, I used to work with young girls in the church, preparing them for the workforce and uh, dealing with unwed mothers. And their self-esteem was just, you know, they'd been through so much, and they'd been judged so much, not Mm. just by the world, but by the church. Yeah. Okay, so they have this stigma against them already. And I think um, when it comes to Brittany, I think, you know, she's saying one thing, but I think she wants to believe another. I really believe that she just, she needs prayer and she needs healing because the, her depth of her pain is so deep. Yeah. And, and, and again, the idea that God is supposed to protect us. I mean, we see him as a protector, our Heavenly Father. And I think she wanted God to be a protector for her. I mean, her own father betrayed her. And that's yeah. another thing. I think that... You know, the perspective, yeah, the fatherly perspective that she has. Yeah, from, you're, you're from right. Her earthly that, father. That we're, we see a lot of that in her life. And I appreciate that for, uh, with your call, Elizabeth. Uh, you're listening to Southern California Live. The number is 888 and if you want to join our conversation, we're talking about uh, ultimately why people sometimes leave 
God behind. You know, and there's two pieces here. I think that Elizabeth is right that in many cases there's so much hurt and wounding. Uh, the other side, too, it's not really another side. It's another issue. I don't want to say other sides because it's all part of the same thing. We do have a good father in heaven, but a good father lets his son go off prodigal, right, and lets things happen, but then welcomes him back. You know, there's a personal responsibility side to for all of us. How do we teach that even with, with better grace? I think maybe in the church we, we focus a lot on that side of it without the grace. Does that make sense? We focus a lot on on that without the other side or maybe or the other way around. I think churches can be in the same position where we, we focus so much on God's a good father and he's loving and he'll be there for you, but we don't mention that he's going to let you screw up if you decide not to obey him. Uh, and there will be consequences to that. Uh, the scriptures definitely teaches us that the Lord, because he is a good father, that he does discipline his children. And uh, I think you're right. She is calling out, and many people are like her who are doing that. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. The number is 888-528-2557. Michelle in Hollywood, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi there. How are you? I'm good, Michelle. Good, good, good. Um well, my comment about this is that I think people, unfortunately, make it too much about them when it's really all about Jesus. And so the truth is that, you know, if they left because of donuts, I heard you talking about <laughs> then if they went out from us, remember what John said, they were never of us. And there's a lot of tears in churches. I go to Grace Community Church, John MacArthur's church, mm-hmm. and um, that's solid. He's solid. But you know what? Get into the Word of God, is what I would say. Um, most people won't do that. But when you talk about them and their feelings, um, we don't do that there. And that is what will change you. That will—it's a double-edged sword. It's meant to show you. You know what? You're the bigger sinner. We have a- anybody. We've, we've sinned against yep. God. And here's the thing: I'm gonna. You know, I've had bad things happen. And if you're one of His, you will dive deeper to Him and say, you know. But remember, Job. Look what happened with Job. And he was like, why? I've been faithful. And he said, who are you to question me? Where were you when I created the universe? And I mean, you're somebody who's been very gifted, too, with a lot of things. Yeah. Michelle, i got to go to a break. And, I appreciate your call. And, you know, on, on that note, maybe a lot of what we're dealing with is, you know, one of the questions I asked earlier was, why do people have sort of this expectation about God? Are we teaching too much um, about I don't know, fanciful ideas about the love of God, but not teaching what Scripture actually teaches us. Are we not in our Bibles? And I mean, the answer to that is obvious. We're not. Even people who go to church often don't regularly don't read their Bibles. But this is where the rubber meets the road, right? When we're going through the hard times, when things are good, uh, it's easy to go and praise God and, and say, oh, you know, thanks be to God, all these things are going on. We're tested when things aren't going well. And we have to ask God, why is this happening? 888-528-2557 is the number. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host. I'll be back with your calls as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Too nervous to go live on the radio with Scott Furrow? Then share your thoughts on the SoCal Live voicemail at 213 213- 
213-537-3812. That's 213-537-3812. Welcome back, everybody. It is Monday. Hopefully not a blue Monday for you, but it is a Monday. I always think it's harder to come back to work on Monday when you have the last Monday off and you got used to that, but it is Monday. We're glad that you, that you are with us today on Southern California Live, 888-528-2557. We're talking about belief in God and why some people will leave the the faith or say they no longer believe in God. Britney Spears, famous singer, uh, said this over a couple of days ago that because of many things happening in her life, and, and we're aware of many things in her life that are, are tragic, I think, uh, she no longer believes in God. She says she's an atheist. And, you know, the, the idea is not so much to talk about Britney. We, we need to pray for her and we should care for her. But I think that a lot of people come to that conclusion when things don't go well for them, how can we do better to make that you know, help people have a more accurate anticipation of what life is going to be like in uh, this world we live in? 888-528-2557. Uh, JT in Hermosa Beach, welcome to Southern California Live. Well, thank you, Scott, and great bumper music, great song from Fats Domino in 1956. <laughs> what a classic. It's a great and song. He was... No, I, I get it. Manic Monday and Monday, Monday, the mamas and pot. No, I get it. That's Monday. It's a great song for Monday. There you go. Um, yeah, no, Fats Domino was a believer, and he went through a lot. He lost his home in Hurricane mm-hmm. uh, you know, Rita, and he had to bury my buddy, who had been the original drummer for Little Richard, knew Fats, and Fats buried a bunch of his musicians because they used drugs, and yet he never lost his faith. But yeah. I think what's happened in this society is that I think that... Um, while every generation has its difficulties, there were a lot more people back then who believed in the Lord. And even rock and rollers like Elvis Presley and Little Richard, who, if you ever listen to his last interview, very strong. Mm-hmm. And Richard was a four-year, had a four-year degree in seminary. They believed in the Lord. And even Frank Sinatra, he, before he died, he was praying and repenting. So there was a, people back in that, those generations, I think, were more open to it, even if they'd walked away from it or rejected it. And I think the problem is is that Britney Spears has grown up in a generation where she's been raised up by narcissistic parents who, and I think Michael Youssef said something this last week, and boy, do I like what he said. He said, we have become a culture, and tell me if you don't think this is so, uh, Scott, that we, we no longer have any manners. We don't even apologize to people whom we've hurt anymore, and people used to say, I'm sorry, and I apologize, you know? I I think that that is uh, definitely accurate of our society. Let me ask you this, JT. Has the church also gotten off the page of of teaching how we should act with each other? Yeah, Billy Billy Graham used to talk about this stuff, and even Martin Luther King, people forget he was a minister, he talked about it. We used to have ministers, Bishop Fulton Sheen years ago, who reminded us of these things, and I think that uh, our society, even people that were the non-church, respected people who went to church years ago. What really bothers me is I'm a boomer. I'm appalled at the way my generation, you know, has just bought in all this gobbledygook out there. And older people, people that are pre-boomers, have bought into this. And I've con- conversed with them over the years, and they say, well, that's the way it is. Well, whatever. In other words, these, con- these, these concocted excuses justifying, and I say, let me ask you a question. I'll ask them. And these are people that are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, if they're 90s, mm-hmm. I'll say, did your parents and grandparents teach you to think that way? Did you did you think that way back in the, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s? Is that how you thought? No. Then why are you cynical and jaded? Why? That's another thing. We become cynical, jaded, numb. And I say, then, then if you were taught to think for yourself, then why are you listening to other people telling you nonsense that's never worked in, the, in, in, in all of history? 
And that's the problem. We, yeah. we, we need to, and also... We, i got to go to some other calls, okay. JT. I want to make sure I get to some, some people no, who've been holding on for a while, but I appreciate your call. You know, I there's I think that we off, we know. There's a lot of things that we know, but we don't value it the same. Does that make sense? And maybe there's, there is an answer here for the church to do better uh, at these uh, values. 888-528-2557. LaTanya from Carson. Welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. Good. I was just driving along in my car, and I never changed my radio station from the station in, and I just heard about Britney Spears, and I immediately just started praying for her because, mm-hmm. you know, she's coming from a place of deep, and, you know, and, and like you said, you know, I'm not going to say everybody, but a lot of us have maybe felt and felt alone and abandoned by God, but we don't have the guts to say that we don't believe in him. We don't trust in him. Where are you? But she's just crying out and saying that she don't believe in him. But in my spirit, I feel that she does. You know, even com- um, people that are in a deep place of hurt, they may contemplate suicide. That don't mean you're going to do it, but it has come to your mind mm-hmm. just because you are in a place of hurt and you want to escape it. So I think she's just saying that from a place of hurt. So we as Christians, the prayers of righteous, of the righteous of Bela much. So we as Christians need to come together and just pray for her and let her know that, you know, God said he would never leave us or forsake us. And, you know, she felt that he did, but he was there all the time because she has to realize if he wasn't there, she may be in her grave right now. If he wasn't there, she may be in a hospital paralyzed or... <clears throat> And he delivered her, but God has to reveal that to her. And yeah. I'm hoping, you know, come to her mind and show her that I never left you, that we're all going to suffer on this side. I don't care who you are, rich, famous, poor, you're, we're all going to suffer. But God has a place for us that when we do die from this place, that we so we're not going to hurt anymore. So yeah. I'm just praying that God will reveal this to her and show her this. And, and let's just pray for her that God will wrap his arms back around her. And, and she realized that, God, I'm sorry for saying that. And he will forgive her because sure. she has not blasphemed against the Holy Spirit. So yeah. he will forgive gotta, her and accept her back. I think so you're right, LaTanya. I'm going to go to a couple other calls here because we're running okay. out of time. But I appreciate you. Okay. Thank you for listening to Southern California well, Live. And we're going to pray for her, too, in just a minute. Um, oh, thank you so yeah. much. And you know what? I think Latanya's right here, too, is that, you know, who, lots of people have said to people that they love things that they don't mean. And you do that in the course of, of hurt. And what I hope that we get through in all of this is that, you know what? We have lots of people coming to our church who aren't famous. We didn't get to see their comment on Instagram. They don't have 42 million followers. They might have one follower, just somebody who happens to know them. Their mom still knows them. And we have people who are hurting in this this way. Mark and El Segundo, just a few seconds here. Yeah, hi, uh, Pastor Scott. How you doing? I'm good, Mark. I just have one thing to say. Uh, uh, Jesus was on the cross, and he said, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So even even God's son went through a real horrible time, and he even said that. Yep, we he's... live in a broken, turbulent world Nobody's going to get away scot-free, yep. and God teaches us uh, through our sufferings. Yeah. Uh, your biggest hurt will be your biggest ministry. Mark, thank you yeah. for thank you very much for that. You know, Jesus has been there. That's something that we all have to know. When he became sin for us, uh, he cried out to God. Matthew in Santa Clarita, welcome to Southern California Live. 
just a few seconds here, Matthew. Absolutely. Um, I think one of the problems that the church has done is we just um, try to put on good face on Sunday mornings, and we neglect the fact that when we identify as Christians, people are watching us all all week long. Mm-hmm. Okay? And a couple of years back, I started working with um, a, a gentleman with Down syndrome whose father was a devout atheist, hated the church, hated everything about it, and I never preached to him, but all I did was I picked this kid up on Sunday morning, I took him to church, we went to lunch, and we came back. Over the course of 10 years, at the very end, just this past year, he actually went to be baptized. And the thing that really kind of brought tears to my eyes was when they asked him, do you believe in Jesus? His response was, yes, I believe in Jesus because I saw him in the way that Matthew loved my son. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly right. That. Exactly right, Matthew. Jesus tells us that. By this, everyone will know, will, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you go to church every Sunday. No, that's not what he said. If you carry your Bible with you, if you memorize Scripture, all those things are good, but if you love one another, that is where it's at. Uh, Kathy, just a few seconds. Kathy from La Habra, welcome to Southern California Live. Hi, yes. Um, I just uh, really understand, I I'm, I'm agree with what the gentleman said before, um, but also, you know, I, I go to a church where they preach what is from the Bible, the truth of the Bible, and that is, yes, we are to love and encourage one another, not judge. I come from a broken family. Mm-hmm. I tried to commit suicide. Um, I did drugs in the past. And, and again, the Lord never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He wants what is best for us. But, you know, we are all human, and a lot of this hurt and pain comes out of the pagan the pagans and the hurt that um, we do to one another. Um, but that's where our hope lies. You know, Jesus yep. Christ is our hope and he, he is. is our living God. I got to let you go. Cause I got like just a minute left. Okay. God but I appreciate you. your thank call. You very much. Yeah. Thank you, Kathy. He is our hope. Can we do something here before I just have like a minute left? Let's just pray for, for Brittany, but also people like her. Okay. Who are listening right now, who they don't have the notoriety but they have that, they understand that feeling like so many of you. God, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that we have your word, that we have a higher source than just some human philosopher trying to figure it out. God, I pray specifically for Brittany Spears and, and that she would turn her heart to you, that, that she would receive the grace that comes from Jesus Christ, that it wouldn't be just believing in God or believing in some notion of a, a higher being but that she would know she is loved by God. And the proof of that love isn't just a feeling from God, but the sacrifice of Jesus Christ for her and for her dad and for the people in her her circle, for her kids, for everybody she knows, and for everybody listening who completely relates to crying out to God. We pray for them. We're so glad that you're part of our family here. God, we pray for all these people that you'd be revealed to them today, that they would know that you are present. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow. Thanks for all of your calls. Good subject. We will be back for hour two in just a moment. We're going to talk about moral equivalence. I think it'll fit in just quite well. We'll be back in just a moment as the Monday edition of SoCal Live continues. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.